Thanksgiving, and we'll, we'll start in Romans 7, we'll end at Romans 8. About a year and a half ago, I broke this passage down. I'm going to preach it in a totally different way today. But let, let's look at it, and let's go for it. Are you ready? All right, so here's the deal. Get your hands muddy today in the Word of God. Your spiritual hands, get them muddy. Like, dig into it. Don't just listen to me. Think about what the Word of God's saying. Romans seven fourteen through 25 We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Can anybody relate? Okay, well, it's the Bible. It's very relational. You should read it sometimes. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do, do, do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Pray that you would move me completely out of the way and that you would speak to every heart what every heart needs to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here we have Paul who wrote much of the New Testament, is now telling us, I, what I'm trying to do, I don't do. What I want to do, I don't do. And we've talked about this. What I, and then what I do want to do, I don't do. I don't keep up with myself. I, I have good intentions. My grandma used to say this all the time. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Grandma, what are you saying? She's saying, be good. <laughs> you better be good. It's actually, actually what she's saying. And then Paul moves us into Romans 8, and you think about thanks living. Think about being thankful and the things that we're thankful about, the things that spiritually that we can be really thankful about. And so here we go. Number one, Romans 8, 1 through 2. I'm thankful that through Christ I'm no longer condemned. And so, I don't want to be redundant, but I am, because I love you. And there are certain things that we need to remind ourselves of. Almost 500 people have been saved at this church this year. So, okay, so, there are certain things that we need to reevaluate constantly for people who maybe haven't read the Bible, and this is one of them. Condemnation and conviction are two different things. Romans 8, 1 through 2, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Back to the point. I am thankful that through Christ, I am no longer condemned. 
So, so therefore, after everything we just read, and for some of you who are Bible scholars and read the Bible much more than I do, this may bore you, but it really excites me. After everything Paul just said about himself, Paul, who's willing to get beat, Paul, who's kicked out of cities, Paul, who goes to synagogues, Paul, who, like, Paul, who met Jesus, he comes up and says, I can't do what I want to do. I can't do it. But after he works through that whole thing in Romans 7, this is where he lands. But because of what Christ Jesus did, therefore, therefore is a bridge. Remember that? It's a bridge that leads us from what we just read to where we're going. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those here in Christ Jesus. So if you've just recently accepted Christ as your Savior and you're not, you haven't read the Bible much, I want you to know there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. You hear that? Conviction is through the Holy Spirit. Conviction is that still small voice that says, you know what, you probably shouldn't do that. Conviction is God's gift to us that allows us to live our life in view of what the Spirit of God would how would how let us live our life. Condemnation is from the enemy. And Paul's writing this from a standpoint of I used to like hold the coats of people who stoned Stephen. I I was around. I, I put Christians in jail. But he's he, right here. He's saying this. Look, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, if you're here today, and you would say, you know what, I, I struggle with just feeling like I'm not good enough. Like, I struggle with that. I struggle with music playing right now. Do you all hear that? <laughs> Do you hear that? Did, did everybody hear it? <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> Just saying. I'm getting old, but I'm not that old yet. If you struggle, like in the days that you live, and this is a really simple message, but it's so good for all of us who've been walking with the world for the Lord for a while, and for those of us who've just come out of the world, it's, a, it's an amazing message to understand. Look, God is not condemning you. But if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit is convicting you. And conviction of the Holy Spirit is your best friend. It is. Jason, stop. Hey, I wouldn't do that. That's probably going too far. Let's don't, let's don't. But that is in love. That is in, in peace. That is... That's that still small voice that we hear that says, hey, that's probably not a good idea. Whereas condemnation is that voice that says, you're no good. You did it again. You're terrible. God will never love you. There's no way in the world that God loves you. That's condemnation. And Paul's saying, look, I've been set free from condemnation. I've been set free from the things that I used to do. Does that give us a, a, a card to go do whatever we want to do? Absolutely not. But it, it allows us to know that when we do mess up, we don't run away from God, we run to God. You run to Him. He knows what you did anyway. And again, I don't want to be redundant because I, I, I've said this a lot, not from this series, but it's so awesome 
especially if you're a new Christian, it's so awesome for you to sit there today and say, you know what? Wow, this is a revelation to me. I'm going to run to God. You remember those days? I can remember getting saved and being like, seriously? I can tell God what I did wrong? Yes. Paul is saying, yes, you can do that. Number two. I'm thankful that God had a plan. Romans 8.3 For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering and so He condemned sin in sinful man. Wow. I'm thankful that God had a plan. We talked about four weeks ago about God writing a book for each one of us. Uh, if you were here, maybe you remember that. We have a book. You have a novel. It's been written by God. Now, that thought in itself should send us all into some sort of a deep thought pattern this week. God's writing my book. So when I am going to work, God knows I'm going to work. When I'm hanging out with my spouse or with my kids, God, God wrote that. When I mess up or when I do good, God wrote that. When tragic things happen in my life, God wrote that. And one day we'll figure out why. But the whole idea is, look, here's the deal. God has a plan for each of our lives. So Paul says, look, what the, what the law was powerless to do and then it was weakened by the sinful nature. What the law was powerless to do. In other words, in Romans 7... 14 through 25, Paul states the obvious. We cannot do what we need to do without the power of God in our lives. And that's what he does. And then he gets to 8, and then he says, look, all right, so all of that being said, for what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in sinful man. In, in saying that sin in us has been condemned. Does that mean that we'll never sin again? No. Here's what it means. It means that Jesus did what we were not able to do so that we could be who God called us to be. And that's His beloved. That's the apple of His eye. That is the, that's the point where He says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I've got plans for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you. You are my friend. Think about that. God is saying that to us today through His Word. And then you get, you, you get this, look, I knew that you weren't able, you, Paul's saying you cannot, there's no way that you can live up to the law. So, what God did was send His only Son And Hebrews 4 says, For we do not have a high priest that's separate from us, yet one that was tempted in every way, live without sin, so that we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. God's got a plan for your life. Maybe you wandered in here off the street. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe they drug you here. I say that a lot, I know. You've got to get a new pastor soon. I'll go preach somewhere else. I'll say the same things. You're here on purpose, and you are on purpose. And you're on purpose because God loves you. 
and your own purpose because God loves you so much He sent His only Son to die for you. Your own purpose because Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. God has a plan for your life. You are not part of the whatever generation, no matter where you're at in life right now. I want you to hear that. You are own purpose. God has a plan. And I am so thankful that I get to wake up every day, not because I'm a pastor, not because of what I do. Some days I'm not thankful for that. (laughs) But because of the relationship I have with God through Jesus that reminds me every day that I am on purpose. You got to get that. When the car cranks in the morning, it's not... It is not just another day. It's we're on purpose. Because God has a plan for each one of our lives. It's just, it's just, it's a fact. Read the Bible and you'll see that. God's got a plan for our lives. Number three, I'm thankful that through Christ I passed the test. Romans 8, 4, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. Wow. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Think about the law. Think about that. I'll say, let's use this word. Art, let's use this word. Rules. Rules. How many of you love rules? Come on. How many of you love rules? Raise your hand. You are a rule follower. I will go places with my wife and, and they'll say, if the sign will say, don't do this. And I'm looking at her going, that makes no sense to me. She said, but somebody put that sign there, so we're not doing it. Because <laughs> you're wanting to keep me out of trouble. I, I understand. I understand. But, but you think, think about the law, the law that God set in place, the law that Moses taught, the, 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 the Mosaic law, the law that came forth was out of God's love for us. Sin enters in. Like we, we were never, I want you to know this, we were never created to die, right? We were created to walk with God every day, hang out with Him, throw football, watch football, Play golf, surf, whatever. I'm, I'm helping myself out here. Hunt. Yeah. That's God created us to experience what He had created for us. And here sin enters in. And when sin enters in, it separates us from God. And now He has a decision to make. Am I going to? Yeah. So He puts the law over here brings Jesus in, and Jesus says these words, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill the law. So over here is Christ, over here is the law, and what we were not able to do, because Adam and Eve helped us out with this, what we were not able to do, Jesus comes to the earth, and He does that. He, he, he fulfills the law because God knew we couldn't. Are y'all you, you getting this, or is this just for me? You good? So, you, you look at it. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. So glad today that through Christ, I passed the test. In me, I can't pass the test. 
I, I, yeah. And if you're honest with yourself, we live a, several days a week, or if not more, where we don't pass the test. But in Christ, we pass the test. I, I've used this illustration before, and again, you need to find a new pastor. I'm telling you. I, got, I only have so many stories. Mike, we need to hang out. Give me some more stories. <laughs> but I had this algebra teacher, and I hated algebra. I hate algebra. I don't even understand algebra. I think algebra's stupid. <laughs> As parents, we tell our kids things like, you're going to use it one day. I've never used algebra a day in my life. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. And uh, my son's in college algebra right now, and he's not in this room or I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> but I had this teacher, and the teacher would... If you were working hard, the teacher would step down from behind the desk and would walk around the classroom and look at your test. And if he saw that you were doing something wrong, if you had come to class and if you were working hard, he would look at your problem and go, "Mm, that number four, you may want to rethink that. Okay. (laughs) I've been thinking on this for a while. (laughs) I don't know. Um... And so finally, I, I started getting to understand how, like, he was a, a good man. Well, how should I rethink it? <laughs> well, you might want to think about that third part of the problem because algebra is so stupid that there's like four parts to every problem or something like that. It's ignorant. But he would get from behind the desk and walk around the classroom, and that's what Jesus did for us. He came down from heaven, dwelled among men. He walked around humanity, showed us how to live, started the New Testament movement, and he said, I must go away so another can come. That's the Holy Spirit, so that we still have guidance, leadership, and direction. He got, he got out from behind the desk. Wow. He met, he met the full requirements of the law. And he says, look... Don't live according to your sinful nature, but according to the Spirit, which leads us to number four. I am thankful that the Spirit of God lives in me. Romans 8, 5-9. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is dead, death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Back to the point. I'm thankful that the Spirit of God lives in me. If you can't find anything, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you're walking with the Lord, that is something to be thankful for. And if you haven't, you're you're sitting in this room today, if you have not, what a great day to do that. What a great day to turn over your life. What a great day to say, hands up, God, do what you need to do in me. So think about this. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with that, the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. 
How many days of our life do we live with the thought of what I'm doing at this moment is spirit-led? I know. It hurts, doesn't it? It just hurts. But it's a good hurt. How many days could we say we actually live our lives with a cognizance of the Holy Spirit in our hearts leading us to the decisions that we make? It's a great question, isn't it? Tell you what, man, I think we overcomplicate this Christianity thing. We've totally overcomplicated because all Jesus is saying is, hey, would you just, like, listen to the Holy Spirit and do what the Holy Spirit's asking you to do? Just walk it out. But it's so hard because Paul just told us, this amazing man of God has already told us it's super hard. Because what I want to do, I don't do. What I want to do, I don't do. What I do not want to do, I do. And this is not me talking. This is just the Bible. This is, this is just the Bible. And so, like, where, where do we land? Here's, here's where we have to land. We have to land in this. Jesus said, I must go away so another can come. And that's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Counselor. That is the Comforter. And it's a gift. And when you accept Jesus Christ, you get that gift. You get all of God. I'm so thankful. Because I don't know if any of you have realized this yet. Some of you know me. I'm stupid. Raina says I'm brilliant. I say I'm stupid. And as a man, I'm just dumb. Right? And I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit's there right there with me saying, Hey, Jason, like, don't do that. And, and as your pastor, if I could do anything at all, ever, if I died tonight, I would implore you, after you know Jesus, to know that the Holy Spirit resides in you and is living in you and is active in you and He will help you and guide you and direct you and counsel with you and comfort you. That's what the Bible says. And that is an unbelievably amazing gift God has given us. It'll help your marriage. It'll help you as a parent. It'll help you as an employee. I've got to keep going because we've got another service. But I'm just telling you, I love you so much. This week, give some time to the thought of listening to the voice of the Spirit of God in your life and look at the fruit of your life, is the fruit of your life producing the fruit of the Spirit in your life? It's a good question. For me, it's a good question. I'm just preaching to myself. Keep going. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. You think about the Spirit of God leading and guiding and directing your Thoughts, your decisions. See, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind of control by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Focus on that word peace. 
peace. Because here's the deal. I don't know about you, but for me, when I am not making decisions in reference to the Spirit's leading in my life, I'm not at peace. I'm just not. When I'm doing things in my life that I know that are contrary, contrary to this book and what God's telling me to do, I'm just not at peace. Can I mask them? Yeah. Can I cover them up? Absolutely. Can I move them aside? Yes. Can they stay away for a few weeks? Yes. But at some point, the pressure valve of discomfort in the spirit explodes. Does that make sense? Like when I'm, when I'm making decisions, when I'm not listening to the voice of God in my life, I'm a wreck. I am just a wreck. And that's not because I'm a pastor or because of what I do. That's because I've committed my life to Jesus Christ and I actually read this book. And when I read this book, it's telling me things that are so true that the truth pierces my heart and what I'm doing is not in line with this truth. And so then I'm like, oh! It's like food poisoning. Bad tacos in Mexico. (laughs) See, think about it. It's like, If you're walking with the Lord, if you're truly walking with the Lord, and you're in this Word, and you're doing things that are contrary to this Word, you're you're miserable. And I would say this, if you're here today, you've been walking with the Lord for a while, and if you haven't been miserable for a while, you need to get along with God. Read this book again. Unless you're perfect, like Jesus. Then that's... Don't don't come back next week. (laughs) You're good. Good on you. We're going to make a statue of you out front. (laughs) Verse 9. You, us, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Incredibly, awesomely powerful word in the English language called if. Only two letters, but so amazingly powerful. If. And there it is. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Wow. If we think about thanks living and being thankful, we have to think about being controlled by the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God drive your life. Let, let, like, just picture for a moment, this is just how my mind works. Picture for a moment like this motorcycle. And you're on the motorcycle, and the motorcycle's sitting in your driveway, and you don't have power to start the motorcycle, therefore you can't ride it. And or if you're a surfer, you don't have waves. And or whatever, like put this in your own life. That the Holy Spirit is ready and willing to bring power to your life, abundant life to your life, if you will listen and obey. And it's our choice. That's the cool thing about God. It's our choice. If God made us love Him, it wouldn't be love. If God made us obey Him, it wouldn't be obedience. Now, we have free choice to do whatever we want to do. But, hey, 
Paul's saying, listen, you have this opportunity to allow the Spirit of God to lead you, guide you, and direct you. And through, watch this, through obeying that voice, through obeying that voice, we show love back to God. That's what Paul's saying. That's what Romans is saying right here. Next thing. I am thankful for eternal life. Romans 8, 10-11. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Back to the point, Larry, I'm thankful for eternal life. So here, here's where we just get real with one another and we, we think about this. Do we believe in heaven or don't we? Brian's good looking, but you just... Wait, he's good. <laughs> do we believe in heaven or not? Do, do we believe? And we can say yes. I know. But, but you come to like scriptures like this. And you, you think about righteousness. Righteousness. What is that? Righteousness is being made clean in the eyes of God. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. In other words, hey, you're going to die. You're gonna, we, we all are going to die. And it's a terrible... Death is, is bad. But also the Bible says, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Because we found good news. My cousin's little boy passed away, not even two years old, a few days ago. But through the blessed hope that that family has, there, yeah, there's hurt. But at the end of the day, God knows. We don't know, but we can rest in it. We can walk in it, we can believe it, and we can rest in it. So at the end of the, how do you, how do you process, how do you process the fact that, yes, sin entered in and our body is dead but because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Whose righteousness? Jesus Christ's righteousness, yeah. And so this is where collectively all of us at this very moment get to make a decision. Do we really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do we believe that He can restore? Do we believe that He can help? Or are we checking the box? See, this is where you got to go all, all chips on the table. Do we believe that? I turned 42 this year and I've been thinking about a bunch of different things. I don't know what, and and I'm I'm like, and so this thought came across my mind. Do you really want to do this for the like? You're you're about to hit a 20 year span, and after that, it's done. It's Geritol, baby. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. 
do you really want to do this? Do, do you really? Do, and it was a kind of a dumb question, but the Holy Spirit asked me anyway, do you really believe this? And yeah, I do. I do. I believe with all my heart that it's way more important to push the kingdom of God forward, right? And know that I'm going to spend eternity with God forever. And I'm so thankful for eternal life. So thankful. And for those of you in this room right now, who God's gifted you with gifts and resource and things. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be this or that or the other. Push the kingdom of God forward. Just in, in any realm that God will allow you, you might be a personal trainer. You might have a business. You may have several. Like, folk push, push the kingdom of God. Because one day, we're going to be standing with God and spend eternity with Him. Think, think about this. Go to, go to verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in us. That's the Spirit that guides us. That's the Spirit that leads us and directs us and helps us in every way. Lives in us. And some of you are looking at me kind of funny, like, what does that mean? Well, when I put my faith in Jesus as the true Son of God, I get all of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit leads and guides and directs me. And without the Spirit of God, not only are our mortal bodies going to die, our spirit is going to die one day. Last thing. You look at Thessalonians. So, so here's the deal. We have to really assess with one another right now if we really believe what the Bible says. And this is what the Bible says. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-18 For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven and with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. There are those of us in this room right now who have lost loved ones way before we should have lost them. Encourage one another with these words. This is like, I'm all in. I've given myself over to this. And I believe with all of my heart, Jesus Christ is going to split the skies one day. I, I, I believe that. I believe it. And, and for some of us in this room right now, that may be a foreign concept, but I believe with all my heart, all the hurt, all the things, all the, everything that we've been through, in a, in a moment, in a moment, are going to be clarified. In a moment. I mean, in a moment. Like, in a moment, clarified. Oh, I get it. Clarified. The Bible says, and that's what we believe here at Coastline is the Bible. We don't believe a man. We believe the Bible. The Bible says that. 
The Bible says Jesus Christ is coming back for us one day. And we, when he does, oh boy. He's coming back for us one day. And we're going to be reunited with those that have gone before us. Confess Jesus Christ as your Savior. And so to end this message, I am very thankful for that. I am so... As we head into this holiday season, which is my favorite, my wife prays for me every Sunday morning before I leave the house. And this morning she said, God, thank you that we're, le- we're, we're coming into the holy days. Not holidays, holy days. Where we can be thankful and we can celebrate Christ's birth. And we can... But I'm telling you, man, I'm so thankful for eternal life. I'm so, and I've, I've staked my life on it. So thankful for it. And if you're here today and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can be thankful for that too. And right now, this very moment, take that bit of your heart, that faith of your heart, put it in Jesus and know that he is the true Son of God, and God loves you so much, He sent His only Son. Would you bow your head all over this place? If that's you and you're here today, and you say, Jason, I, I feel God knocking on my heart right now. I feel, I feel that, that weight of needing a change. And at this very moment, I know God loves me so much. He's been chasing me. Maybe you can't find many things to be thankful for right now, but you can find this, the fact that you're here, you're still here, and you know you need a change. And that change is Jesus. So if that's you, and you're sitting in one of these seats today, everybody's head's bowed, nobody's looking around, nobody's moving unless you have to. If that's you, and you're sitting in this room today, you say, I need Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus. If that's you, would you slip your hand up just long enough for me to see? I see your hand. It's just long enough for me to see it. Anyone else? I I see your hand. That's awesome. I see your hand. Thank you. Yeah, anyone else? I need to make that decision today. I've been running long enough, trying to do things on my own long enough. Right, right at this very moment, I know I need Jesus. Anyone else? I see. Thank you. I see your hand. You know what? If you raise your hand right there where you're sitting right now and pray this prayer with me, and when, when we're done with service today, please go out to the tent, get a Bible, get a devotion. But just by virtue of you acknowledging that you need Jesus, Jesus is already dealing with you right now. It's already happening. Pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me and thank you for chasing me and thank you that I'm here today. And right now, God, I confess in my heart, by faith, I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son and I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin to the cross and I believe that Jesus Christ was placed in a grave. He rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is coming back for me one day. God, thank you for finding me and thank you for forgiving me because of my faith in Jesus. Help me, God, 
to find new avenues in life that will help me get out of the patterns I've been in and focus more on you. In Jesus' name, amen.